On this episode, Julie Goldman ruins my life with the University of Kentucky basketball. No errors so far. Feeling very good. Ooh, errors. Is there a basketball joke I could do there? Errors or baseball. Damn it. Right? Right. (laughs) Okay, close enough. Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we have a very special guest with us today, Julie Goldman. My mom. Kelsey's mom. Hi, Julie. Hey. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, you're welcome. I'm just delighted to be here. I appreciate it. And we're delighted to be here because we are in in your home. Yes, you are. Where you are lodging us. (laughs) Which we appreciate. Which we appreciate too. So I guess in a way we're just returning the favor. But you could you could call it that. By yes. inviting you into our home. Virtual space. Our virtual space. Yes. Thank you, Kelsey. That's yeah. very good. Uh, we're here to talk about University of Kentucky basketball. I'm so afraid I'm going to say football or baseball again <laughs> like I did when I was first talking about it. But it's not. It's basketball. Jason's yes. not really a sport person. I am not. And to my detriment, I have made not being a sport person part of my brand <laughs> to an extent that I think has been harmful for me in learning about sports. <laughs> but uh, We're going to change all that today. That's true. It's true. We may have already changed it to some degree, but let's not get ahead of the story, I guess. No. Julie, you wanted to introduce me to the world of UK. We'll call them UK from here on out. Yes, I think uh, that's wild cats. reasonable. Go, go cats. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> or go big blue is acceptable. Go big blue. I feel a little. I feel. I feel a little bit like a poser saying that, so I'm going to say "Go Cats" for now. Oh, okay. Go Cats feels a little bit more we'll natural. E- we'll ease you into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, do you just want to start talking about like what was the beginning of your uh, UK fandom? Well, it goes back quite a long way. Um, when you're born in Kentucky, especially when you're born in Eastern Kentucky, you kind of come out with Kentucky fandom as your birthright. Um, you don't know anything else that's, and, and when I was born, it was well before the age of cable television and sports networks. And so you listen to the, to the team on the radio. Uh, and that was kind of a family thing. I came from a family of UK fans and, uh, um, I never knew anything different. I went to UK, uh, to get my undergraduate degree, uh, during which time they did win a national championship, um, which I got to experience. But it's just something that, that's born into you. You can see pictures of me when I was two or three years old wearing, you know, UK gear, I guess you'd call it now, little sweatshirts that say I'm a little wildcat from Kentucky. Uh, and I've kind of done the same thing to Kelsey. Uh, I, I inculcated her into the cult very early. Uh, you see a picture hanging in this very room of her wearing a little uh, Kentucky cheerleading <laughs> outfit. Um, so it's it's just something that that's in your blood from a very early age, uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun and it's exciting, and you kind of live and die with it. Do you ha- do you remember your first uh, UK game, or is it so deeply born into you that you it's 
not even possible to identify that memory. Like the um, first one you went to? The first yes. the first one I remember going to, and I think it probably was the first one I went to, was in the early 70s. Um, and it was when they played at Memorial Coliseum, which is still standing, and it's, it's where the UK women's team plays a lot of their games now. But it was Kentucky and I think Ole Miss maybe, and I believe Kevin Grevy, Jimmy Dan Connor, um, they they were they were the ones who were the super kittens when they were freshmen, and this was so long ago they were freshman teams, and their freshman team was undefeated. They were so good, and then I think it was about seventy two maybe, so I was probably you know thirteen, fourteen, something like that. But I remember going to that game and just being kind of in awe. And it was, you know, the the Coliseum only seated about I don't know thirteen thousand people, so you were you were relatively close to the floor wherever you were. And I just remember being kind of just so excited by just being there. It was just like the most awesome thing that had ever happened. Because <laughs> you would have um, you would have never seen a game before, right? Because. Um, you know, back in, in that day, it was you occasionally had games on network, but it was a very rare thing. And now there was a UK basketball network, and occasionally they would there was tape delay. And so at 11:30 on Saturday night, if you could stay up, you could watch, you know, the the replay of the game. And so you would try not to listen to it on the radio or hear the score or anything. I mean, you could avoid you know the spoilers back back then because it wasn't you know automatically on social media as soon as it happened so you could watch it and not know what happened um but as far as live watching games live that it didn't happen very often i'm, I'm a little bit uh, uh interested in this the it's a, it was a channel was it a dedicated station it, it was a it was a group of there was a there was would be like cable access no no it would be like the local channels like in lexington it was wkyt and here in louisville i can't remember what it was because by the time i lived here it was kind of not as as much you had to stay up after the news you had to stay up after the news but you know they had like stations all around kentucky and even some in ohio west virginia who were part of this network and they, I guess they licensed the games to them. And so they would be taped and sent out and broadcast on these stations. So you had seen visually a game happen before, but this... Mostly I had listened to But them. mostly it was the yeah. So I guess... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a and good... I feel like that's, that's a really big difference because like I didn't grow up listening to games. I grew up watching them. Right. And I have such trouble following games when we're listening to them on the radio. Like we've been in the car, like driving somewhere for a number of games. And so we'll listen to them on the radio, but I get so confused and I can't, I can't quite follow it. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? And then she has to explain it to me. And, but it, I, and it used to be, um, Kentucky had one of the, the more um, noted play-by-play callers, Kaywood Ledford, who, who was the, the play-by-play man for a very long time, I don't know, 40, 50 years. And it was the voice of the Wildcats, and everybody knew Kay Wood. And he actually uh, grew up in Harlan, Kentucky, which is about 30 miles from where I spent most of my childhood, other than the four years I did live in Harlan. But he was such a, 
you know, such an iconic voice. I mean, he's kind of like Vin Scully for the Dodgers or somebody like that. Uh, he actually has a jersey retired in Rupp Arena uh, because he was just so, so famous. And so even once the games would start to be televised more, we would turn off the sound and turn Kaywood on because he – he was a bit of a homer. He wasn't, you know, totally, but he'd say, oh, that's a bad call. Or, you know, <laughs> or, but he'd say, he, he oh, he'd say, oh, he'd say, oh, so-and-so is just really, he's not got it together tonight. You know, I mean, he would criticize the players, but he, he definitely was a, was a Kentucky guy. So there was no, this, this fandom was, I don't want to say forced upon you, but it was not a thing you chose. It was sort of, you were raised in it, and so sort of yeah, always assumed yeah, you Yeah, but I, UK you know, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. we were, our family were one of the very few true Kentucky football fans, too. I mean, we had season football tickets, and Kentucky football is, you have to be kind of a... There's know, no being a fair weather Kentucky football uh, You have fan. to be kind of a masochist to 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 like it. And I mean, that's how I was raised. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's not very rewarding. It was a lot of fun to go, and we always would support them. But, you know, that that's how you get your heart broken. Like, it's, you just you think you're going to win because they could snatch defeat from the jaws of victory easier than anybody. And I think that's why basketball was so much fun for people because Kentucky was very successful and you could, you know, you could get through football season just to, just to enjoy the spoils of basketball. So. I think, I think in the South it, it's kind of hard because Kentucky's in the SEC conference, which is a football conference. Exactly. It's football is the main sport in the SEC and Kentucky is not good at it. Well, I think that's why they let Kentucky stay in the SEC. <laughs> For football, because you know they know they can beat them up in football, and they let them have the basketball season. <laughs> so, I guess I'm just wondering: was there ever a time when you you even considered being a fan of a different team? No, <laughs> never. I I can feel like the the terms I have like am I disposed to talk about sports fandom not really matching your experience because it was clearly like a it's like a legacy almost yeah sort of passed down almost i mean some people would say obsession um for for example i i went to university of kentucky as an undergraduate then i came to louisville where i live now for medical school and i actually have been on faculty at the university of louisville for you know 27 years now and so everybody says, oh, well, you're a Louisville fan now. I said, nope. <laughs> uh, everywhere I go, they say, oh, you, you all have a good basketball team. I said, well, who are you talking about? <laughs> if you're talking about the University of Kentucky, then yes, we do. I said, well, aren't you a Louisville fan? I said, no. I said, well, you work for them, don't you? I said, yeah, but I'm not a Louisville fan. <laughs> Never will be. Sorry. You know. There's a thing called work-life balance. <laughs> and your work life and your private life are separate. Yeah. People, I guess, don't get it. I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, you coming from Eastern Kentucky and, and small town, the, there is, like, there's nothing else. I mean, there's not nothing else, but as far as fandom, sports fandoms go, there's not a lot of choices. Well, it, it's, you'll find very, very few fans of another team besides Kentucky. Although I think now with, you know, ESPN and all the SEC networks and all that, people do have the opportunity to see other teams. And, and I think you do see people, you know, maybe cheering for other teams a little more than you used to. But um, 
for the most part, if you go east of I-75, really east of I-65, south of 64, it's all Kentucky. Uh, there, there's very little, there's very little else. But also, you said there's nothing else. I mean, we were had high school sports were huge. I mean, and you were you were Friday nights you were at the football field during the fall, and Saturday you watched Kentucky play, and then you know Sunday you had your pro team, whatever. But Sunday was a day of rest, kind of. <laughs> uh, had to go to church, but. Um, during you know the the winter spring early spring you had basketball high school basketball and and then Kentucky basketball so you know it, it sports were were a big part of growing up and I I think you know like sports were a big part of my growing up too but in a very different way because I grew up here in Louisville in the city and was presented with a choice sort of <laughs> in that my my father is a Uvell fan and his family is, um, and uh, attempted to get me to cheer that way, but it didn't work. <laughs> Can you identify, like, briefly why that didn't work? I mean, honestly, I think it's because it it wasn't a legacy. It wasn't, you know, so deep-rooted. Like, our family's been in Kentucky for ever. <laughs> um, you know, like... My mom's mother is a McCoy, like we're of, of the Hatfields of and the McCoys. Hatfields and we McCoys. Specify, yes. <laughs> we, we've been here a long time, and it was just you know every Saturday in the fall, in when I was growing up, like we were in Lexington or we were on the road or we were watching the game, the football game, mind you. <laughs> and my dad, as much as he as much as he wanted me to be a Louisville fan, just didn't have the same zeal for the team. Well, it didn't hurt that your grandparents had a, you know, 36-foot motorhome with all the yeah. comforts of home and would spoil her rotten with little, you know, outfits like the cheerleading thing and T-shirts and, but I think they, and take you to, to the meet and greet for the players and, you know. I think they wanted me to be a Kentucky fan oh, so they much did. more than my dad's family wanted me to be a UofL fan. Yeah, they worked pretty hard at it. Yeah. Yeah, so the passion just wasn't there for UofL. No. Kelsey's first UK football game was when she was about two weeks old. How'd, how'd you like that? Take me back there. Uh, paint, me a, paint me a word picture. I assume it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was October. It was nice. Sometimes it's really cold I know, at those but October it was, games. It was October afternoon. Well, when, it was really oh, pretty. Okay. When you're two weeks old, you don't have a ton of body fat That's true. to insulate <laughs> yeah. you well, from the weather. At two weeks, no, I didn't. At like... A month and later, you, I was very fat. <laughs> you you stayed in the motorhome, so oh, okay. so you were fine. Yeah, but yeah, I think you know, even given a choice, that the the legacy is so strong. Sometimes you just can't shake it. How far back does it go, Julie? Like your parents are UK fans, obviously, mm -hmm. and, then, and my like, father actually graduated from from UK. Okay, got oh, his degree okay. from UK. Does it go um, beyond that? Uh, no, because he, he was actually the first member of that generation to actually get a college degree. I mean, I, they, they all were, mom's family was all Kentucky supporters and all, but, you know, as far as having an actual tie to the school, he was kind of the first, but even first one. 
Do you think if he hadn't gone to the school that your fandom would would would, would have been as strong as it is? No, okay. no, he was a he was a huge fan from the get go. I mean, because he he didn't go. He went into the navy right from high school and then came out, went to the police academy, and was state trooper for a while. And then he kind of started his career over at Pikeville College where he was stationed with the state police and then finished his degree at, uh, at UK. So, but the whole, he's always been a big Kentucky fan. Hmm. Okay. He just sort of like cemented that when he went there? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very pleased to have this. It's something I can grasp onto <laughs> because you may, you may be able to tell I'm not entirely clear on how or why people become fans of a sports team. It was particularly a sports team that is not, well, that's not true because you did, you did go to UK. Mm-hmm. So I did. Have, yeah. But the fact that it was how you, how you were raised, yeah. the, like, mm-hmm. the legacy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm constantly searching for something because I, I, I completely understand rooting for a team that is the place you went to school. But the idea of people supporting teams that they have no personal connection to has always been a struggle for me. So knowing that there is, I mean, obviously there's more to it than, like you, like I said, you did go to UK, but you had you were also predisposed to be a fan from your right. upbringing. So having a some sort of point of origin to where the whole thing really gets cemented as a a legacy of obsession is, is very helpful for me, for me. So thank you for that. Well, but that said, there's so many people who have zero connection. No, to, no, to <laughs> the university who still love it passionately. And if you ever what. The microcosm of the Big Blue Nation is in the post-game call-in show, and oh. if you ever listen to that, you would you would kind of understand the depth and breadth of the fervor that's kind of behind it. This is still an active institution. This call-in show. Oh yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Where, where, where can I hear it? Well, there's probably a couple of places. Um, the UK Athletics Association website, I think, carries the official one on the on the UK network. But there's um, there's another one that Matt Jones does. Is he for KSI? Yes. Yeah. For Kentucky Sports Radio, that's also very funny, and his is online. These are, forgive my further ignorance, these are just people calling in after the game to share their opinions about the game? Oh, yes. Just lay, 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 lay persons. Questions. Yeah. The after yes. show was not invented by Chris Hardwick. This is news to me. <laughs> I assume he, he doesn't host the, the UK basketball calling no, show? No, he was born here, though. Talk, talking cats. <laughs> and they always start, like, they'll say, hey, Buzz. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I'm going to make a comment and, and then give you a question, and we'll hang up and listen. <laughs> That's kind of the script. You know? Sort of the, uh, the NPR version of that would be, I'm going to take my answer off the air. Exactly. It's a different vernacular. And I actually have another T-shirt that, that says, Cats, C-A-Y-U-T-S, Cats, by 50, because... They are, in the pregame show, there's also a call-in. And people call in and say, what do you think this, you know, the score's going to be? And they'll say something. And then the person that calls in says, I think Cat's going to win by 50. <laughs> <laughs> I maintain that people who are fans of sports teams are just nerds about sports. 
Just like look at it that way. They're just nerdy about this sports team. Yes, but when you're say like a fan of a certain TV show, you don't root for that TV show to get better ratings than every other TV show. Like there's a You sm- don't. What do you Okay, if ignoring like the like the DC <laughs> movie universe fans who are a bunch of maniacs. There's a comp, there's a competitive element to to sports fandom okay. where you you follow a certain team and you you're i this is not entirely true because obviously but their your enjoyment of the particular uh game or episode (laughs) is based on whether or not that team wins to a degree your enjoyment is much greater when they win but also they can win and it can be a very boring game yeah (laughs) like you know one of the games that i think we're going to talk about later the 92 duke kentucky game um, that game, I, I was miserable when it was over, but after, you know, you kind of process the, the, the emotional, you know, depth of the loss, it was a great game. I want, I want to dissect more this idea of <laughs> sports fandom, because obviously sports fandom and just other types of nerd, uh, obsession, whatever you want to call it, it. I could see a lot of, I do see a lot of like similarities there, mm-hmm. but there's a tribalism is that the right word uh, what's a better word i can use i know what you mean but i can't think of a better word i, don't, I, mean, I think tribalism kind of fits i mean i know it, it's kind of a charged word yeah. in today's environment but if you kind of take away all that context it it kind of is i mean big blue nations what they call the fans of kentucky i mean it so it you know and you I, you feel a connection with people and and honestly and kelsey has experienced this you know when she was abroad when kentucky was was in the ncaa tournament i mean she found people who were also interested in kentucky basketball even in the middle of italy I don't know. I think I think there there is now today with like fandom culture, there is this sort of divisions between like people have names for the fans of their show or whatever, you know. You're not wrong. As I was saying it, uh, aside from the word I use, which I'm going to start saying sectarianism. Okay. Is that? I guess that's loaded in a different way, but I feel okay saying it. Okay. Uh, esprit de corps. <laughs> there you that, go. There's, there you go. There is an element like you know Marvel comics and DC comics have always had that same sort of thing, I guess, and it's just on a larger scale. Maybe maybe I'm having a breakthrough. <laughs> This could be one of our, our, rare, our rare on-air breakthroughs. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. I mean, yeah. I just, I, that's what I maintain because I had a lot of, in college especially because I went to a very liberal, liberal arts school and I had a lot of people who didn't understand how I could be, you know, a girl and a nerd and super into sports and, you know, which is stupid. People and, sound boring. You know, let's forget about gender roles. They're stupid. Gender is a prison. Um, gender is a prison. Um, and it was just like you like I'm I'm a huge nerd and I've always been a huge nerd about everything and I get like obsessed with things and you know that and you know that and and like sports is just another thing that I'm really into like Kentucky basketball is just another fandom that I'm in but to some people like people separate sports into this whole other place but there's like a huge like on Tumblr there's there's huge sports fandoms on Tumblr the hockey fandom on Tumblr is weird 
but very interesting. <laughs> That's sort of an unofficial divide I sort of um, bought into early on. Because when you're younger, and maybe it's less so now, but there, there was sort of, you know, and we, we live in an era where quote-unquote nerd culture is a lot more ascendant than it was. I guess maybe I just caught the tail end of the 80s where it was all like jocks versus nerds. And that was a very clear division. And if you liked sports, you were less intelligent. Not um, true. No, that's, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, if I can pivot back slightly, uh, much like um, being a fan of a television program when the original creator leaves and you are forced to endure the fan fiction-y scripts from a new creator, <laughs> there are times I imagine when it is hard to be a fan of a sports team because there is, like, in a way, there's not a ton of continuity from one iteration of a team to another. Especially a college team. Yeah, especially a college team. And especially when you look at it from a, like a, a very high vantage point. Like there's going to be continuity. Like even if, even, even if a coach leaves, mm-hmm. there might be players who are there for the next year. But like on a, long, on a larger scale, there's not going to be a, continue, like a constant thread between the team in 2000 versus the team in 1960. Well, that's... What I think it is, like, the constant thread of the team in 2000 and the team in 1960 is the fans, is the people who are watching them. Mm. But you oh, were you're, you're, towards you're, something, you're, I'm sorry. No, you're tripping me out right now. I'm sorry, because, like, my mom, my mom probably wasn't watching in 1960, but... <laughs> I don't think we even had a TV in um, And also, you were, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, Gaga was, watching, was listening to in 1960, and she's listening now. Like, same people are listening. And, you know, there is a continuity there. But the fans are the continuity. Yeah. What? Although, y- you know, Kentucky's not been quite the revolving door of coaches, certainly for basketball. Um, so, and certainly with Cal, the he's kind of the, <laughs> about the only constant from one year to the next because the team pretty much turns over every year now mm-hmm. since, you know, they, are, they can be one and done. Um, it wasn't so much with Patino, but Patino was at Kentucky for, I don't know, nine, ten years. Um, we had a blip there with the, the Gillespie era, but he didn't last That was long. a time when it was hard to be a Kentucky yeah, fan. Yeah, it was hard to be a Kentucky <laughs> fan then, and that was one of the only, like, real bad mistakes. Eddie Sutton, Eddie was a de- decent coach. He's just a drunk, and, you know, that kind of got the better of him. I mean, and that was scandal. Well, yeah, and that the that the drinking and the scandal kind of got you know <laughs> got him on the you know on the bad side of history. But uh, a, a scandal can throw you off track. It for can. Sure. It can, and it's you know what's really interesting about kind of what's going on here in Louisville now, which I know you don't you aren't as much aware of, but. Uh, you know, Louisville fans have always been very um, kind of imperious of in their their comments about uh, our coach because oh pff, he's a cheater. Look look at all this he's done. He's horrible. Well, now their coach has been you know marked with the same um, broad strokes, and they are they're 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 appealing it and saying, oh, well, he couldn't have possibly known. Oh, you know, no, no, he couldn't have known. It's, you know, and and it all goes back to this scandal that was 1989 when Kentucky got severe penalties. They were off of TV for two years. They were out of the tournament, couldn't recruit. Um, And the cover of Sports Illustrated had like this, this, 
painting on it that had a Kentucky player with his head down. It said, Kentucky Shane. And Louisville fans love to hold that up. Look, look, look. And, and somebody, I think it was a minister from Lexington, just recently wrote an, an editorial, and it said, you know what? At least Kentucky was ashamed, you know? Woo. Well, I guess what that sort of was I, the question I was building towards was, you know, times when it's been difficult to be a U.K. fan. I imagine this was the period you're just talking about right now was the primarily – Hardest time? It was hard, you know, but, well, it was, you know, it was kind of the acts of one or two people that was very misguided, involved giving money to a recruit's father, and then some some academic kind of shenanigans. So I think uh, one of the recruits had, you know, like had a, a fraudulent standardized test score and just, you know, any number of things that made you you see that yeah there wasn't much control over what was going on and so it you know they 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 paid for it dearly but I think they learned a lot from it I think Patina was a great hire at the time and he came in and he really turned things around but the the thing that bothered me about him even when he was at Kentucky. I love the way they played. You know, obviously you had to love the success. That 90s Kentucky team. Watching 90s Kentucky that, Oh, it was, it was great fun to watch. Yeah. But he never embraced the people of, he never embraced the big, big Blue Nation. He kind of kept us like here. Like, well, you know, I'm your coach, but I'm not really one of you. In fact, when he first came to Lexington, his wife was pregnant, and she went back to New York to have the baby because she couldn't possibly <laughs> deliver a baby in Lexington, Kentucky. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, really? I mean, Where come would you on. even do it? Where would you even do it? They surely don't have a hospital there or anyone who knows anything about delivering a baby. But that, that attitude kind of was persistent with him, and it, it was a little bit of his downfall because he thought he was so good he was going to go to Boston and be the coach and be the GM, and he just failed miserably there. You know? And so now we've never forgiven him for coming back here, although now it's kind of looking like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need him. <laughs> Y'all can have him. Yeah. I mean, he, he tried to go coach uh, the Celtics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Cal, that's the current coach's mm-hmm. uh, moniker. Calpari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I guess, better about embracing the big oh, blue gosh, nation. Oh, gosh, yes. He's, you know, say what you will about him because he's he's very shrewd and he knows exactly what he's doing, but he he absolutely embraces the fans. And he he does a lot of things that people don't, don't know about because if, they were publicized people would just say oh he's you know he's doing that for show i mean he's paid for people's medical care he's he's you know rebuilt houses and homes for people who've lost things and floods and fires and that kind of thing he does a whole lot of stuff that he doesn't get any recognition for and it's because of his reputation so I I like him. I, I like I said, I think he's absolutely embraced the fans and I think that's why the fans like him too. I, I wish we could keep players longer. Like I don't I like when I get to get to know a, a player, but <laughs> most of them just leave after a year now. But we're winning, so how does that, this is more ignorance, how does that work, they leave after a year? Aren't they in school? So are you, are you um, okay? I don't remember when it was, but they um you have to you have to 
be out of high school for a year before you can enter the NBA draft. So most of the players who are really good come to college and you kind of know they're going to play one season and then they're going to declare for the, the draft and many of them are going to get drafted, you know, very highly with guaranteed contracts and that kind of thing, which is, it's fine. It's what the market will bear. And, and the NCAA finally went one step farther and let some of these who were kind of marginal choices work out for pro teams and test, declare for the draft but not sign with an agent and have this kind of audition period to get feedback from teams. And then they could return if the feedback wasn't what they wanted. So now you don't have so many people just you know, saying, oh, yeah, I'm going pro because I'm ready, when they're really not. It gives them the option to come back. So That's good. Yeah. I guess, I guess UK attracts a lot of these highly skilled players that are going to go on to the NBA. So there's I think, a, there's a they, I think they said Cal had had – 15 to 18 first-round draft picks in the last five or six years, including two number one picks, or three, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. Was John Wall number one? Was John Wall Calipari? Oh, yeah. He was his first. I don't know if he was number one. He was definitely a he was He was a top three for sure. Uh, but I think – I also think, like, it says – I mean, Cal is great, and he's a great coach – but it also says a lot. Kentucky itself is a historic program that goes back before Cal, before Patino, before Eddie Sutton. You know, back to the, you know the forties and fifties. The Baron. Um, and they've been a winning program for a long time, and they have more, more. You have the most. The most. Well, no, we don't have the most. We have UCLA the most has wins. The most. We have the most wins. Most wins overall. UCLA has the most championships. They have 11, and we have eight. Which yeah. the UK is the most winningest team? They have yeah. the most wins. It's so it's somewhere 2000. around 2,100-ish. Yeah. It's a lot of wins. Yeah. Wow. Good, guy. Good job, guys. <laughs> See, that's why we like to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're sort of getting into the specifics of different eras of the team a little bit now so it might be a good time to uh, again take hold take hold of the narrative and pivot and talk about the uh my my very limited and very brief experience with, with UK <laughs> um Jason can I posit a question to you uh yes so what what are your your sort of no before we had this whole discussion what did you know about what in particular <laughs> let's go with college basketball as a whole because you're from north carolina which is which i don't know how you could be ignorant of college basketball <laughs> being it, from north carolina it would be a it would be a conscious choice it's taking a lot of work I'm, yeah i'm, 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 I'm very I proud of it say, i have yes. to say um so my parents are uh, appalachian state fans my dad went there my mom just adopted i guess as part of a uh, their marriage, or maybe she was a fan before before they got married. I don't actually know. Uh, again, not very in- inquisitive into this particular line of uh, discussion. You also went there. But I went there. Yeah, I went there as well. Um, go, go, apps. Go, go, Nears. <laughs> and, but of course, you know, App State is not a basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. They've had a 
um, you know, intermittently very, very good football program and also not so good at other times. Um, growing up, like, but basketball was the one sport I really could enjoy as a kid, partially because it was, I could follow it. I went to quite a few football games with my parents as a kid. My experience there was primarily not understanding how downs worked, basically, or really any of the rules besides, like, if you get through the goal, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, it's a score, you're scoring. But people <laughs> at a football game react at, at so many other points. So my experience was basically someone does something on the field I don't understand, and uh, hundreds of people around me start screaming. <laughs> and I'm just confused and disoriented and, 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 and irritated. But basketball, I went to quite a few Charlotte Hornets games mm-hmm, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And again, like there are you know, technicalities and specifics of both rules and strategies that I, even to this day, am not super uh, uh, aware of. But I could follow what, how you score in basketball. The, the rules are a little bit more... I mean, still, you know, you're going from one side to the other. But how it actually happens is a little bit easier for, for to follow, at least for me. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm sort of, I was wondering as I started remembering all this, why we went to so many Charlotte Hornets games, because my parents are obviously not big basketball people. And it may have been because they were trying to encourage me to enjoy any sort of sport at all. <laughs> uh, because other than that, I was highly disinterested in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's sort of my personal background. And then, um, this is a rough thing to admit, my only, like, engagement with college basketball as a, as a, as a youth as a young, as a young, I'm going to preface this, very young, was uh, um, adopting a Duke fandom. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I was a big, I was a big Duke kid. And when oh. I say kid, I mean I was six. You poor misguided soul. I should mention, again, this has nothing to do with any actual, like, <laughs> experience. I just knew that I didn't have a great time in elementary school. And or middle school, but in elementary school, I knew that the kids around me were uh, not people I liked, and I knew that they liked uh, UNC Chapel Hill. So I thought, I'm oh, not going to like UNC Chapel Hill. I I'm going to like this other team that I know nothing about. It was an act of rebellion. Yes, yes, minor, uh, unsuccessful rebellion. Uh, and but my and my parents, you know, uh, it maybe didn't encourage it, but certainly did not snuff it out, which shows you how college basketball was clearly not a major thing in our house. So, yeah, I obviously, as I grew older, let go of that, and, and, and it was forgotten entirely. And then my exper- major experience with college basketball as a, you know, uh, not, not quite an adult, but like an, an older, a young adult, uh, was uh, Sarah Shepard, producer, friend of the podcast, and wife of mine, <laughs> uh, went to UNC Chapel Hill, and so, of course, was very enthusiastic about their basketball program. And I, you know, I see why you would be a fan of Chapel Hill in the same way I see why you'd be a fan of UK. Mm-hmm. But the culture between, you know, with Chapel Hill basketball, especially when it comes to their rivalry with Duke is, and, you know, Sarah's not going to like me saying this, it's a little, it's a little nutty. <laughs> it's, it's, especially as someone who doesn't get it, which I was. And, and Well, it only seems degree. nutty because you don't get it. It's true. We don't think it's nutty. We don't think it's nutty <laughs> at all. I mean, I can absolutely get behind their hatred of Duke. Like, I if Duke and a... Carolina are playing, we are cheering for Carolina. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> can you explain that to me, why you don't like Duke? I mean, aside from... I got, maybe you, you can't divorce it from personal experience, which we'll get to momentarily. <laughs> Is there something besides that? Well, it, there's, a, it, there's 
their their whole program and their their coach and all the players it, they, they just reek of elitism i mean and it's like you know oh i go to duke and you know well you are from kentucky <laughs> you know look i mean and and they look down their nose at everyone uh i mean and and if you've ever heard some of the pronouncements that Shashevsky makes about how he's a teacher and you all just don't understand how he's teaching the mad tripper you know when he suspends him for one game Crazy that <laughs> that oh well that's you know i'm teaching him and you all just don't understand and blah 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 you know and and then you know the it's just it's just the whole the whole gestalt of that program is is just one of pure snobbery you know and it doesn't it doesn't help that they've been successful <laughs> Yeah, would, you couldn't get any traction out of hating them if they were a failed team. Well, yeah, I <laughs> mean, then you'd be, be like, yeah, what, whatever, you know. That I, I, I understand that. I, I don't. I for some reason can't grasp that as easily as I can grasp other things we've discussed. But I will say, like, I, I, you know, I saw people writing op eds in the, you know, local paper about how they were mis actually mistreated by the people. At, Duke, like when they went for like a campus visit or an orientation of some sort, in comparison to the you know the friendly opening ar open arms of, of UNC Chapel Hill, and this oh. is this obviously maybe goes back to my personal experience growing up, but my experience is largely that people, especially college age people, are widely terrible regardless of what, <laughs> where they're from or what team they support. So that that struck me as a bit false, and maybe just taking it a bit far. It seems odd to me that people like. The UNC Duke thing is not just about basketball. It's like they don't like those people as people because of the school they go to. I, I think there is an elitism associated with Duke as they've sort of branded themselves as like the Ivy League of the South or whatever. And they've had the fair share of scandals in other sports outside of basketball. Does going to a nice school or an Ivy League school make you a bad person? If, no. if you if you think your self worth is somehow increased by the fact that you go there, I mean, there's a little bit of this kind of cultural um, dissonance that that people in Louisville have about the rest of Kentucky. Um, it's like, well, you know, those people are over there, and we're here, and we're not like them. And we're and cosmopolitan. They're obviously, you know, uneducated and running around with no shoes and, and no teeth, and that's why they support Kentucky. And we're here in the city, and we support Louisville. And, you know, and they there is a level of hatred by the Louisville fans for Kentucky fans that I had not been aware of at all till I moved here. And I was like... Why do you all? Why do you hate Kentucky? And they, oh, they just think they're all you know. They think that they're so much better than us. I'm like, what? You know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I until that point, I would have cheered for Louisville whenever they were playing somebody other than Kentucky. <laughs> but since I've lived here, not a chance. And I think like with with like UK and and UNC within the state, there is very much a like sort of people come from outside of of the state to go to Duke, whereas 
I'm not saying they don't do that for UNC, but the the larger majority of the UNC is a very big university come from within North Carolina, and and I think that's sort of it's not it's sort of similar for UK and U of L, whereas U of L is a public university, but it 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 a lot of people come from Louisville as opposed to like the larger part of the larger portions of the state. There's a sort of like I guess cosmopolitanism that. Duke takes upon itself, and I don't. I actually do not equate Louisville with Duke. I hate Duke no, much more. No, not at all. <laughs> but it's there's a the little bit of that, you know, passion and and that kind of in you know chip on the shoulder feeling kind of exists. So hashtag pivot. The stage is now set. So <laughs> say, are we going to talk about the game? Yeah. Is that all? <laughs> There's, there's, this has all been built up. Oh, you've just been so much, so eloquent and and wonderful. It's going on longer than we expected. Yeah, it's, it's easier to get distracted by a tangent when your guest is so, you know, eloquent and, and cogent and and and, and erudite. And erudite. <laughs> so the three games that I was assigned from for my homework were, and I'm going to rely on you two to sort of help me clarify which is which. Uh, the first one is is UK against Duke. In 1992, the regional final in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, the second one was UK versus LSU. That was a regular season game. It was a regular game. season game in 1994. Mardi Gras. Mardi yeah. Gras. And then skip ahead about what, 20 years uh, <laughs> to UK versus uh, University of Louisiana. I'm oh, sorry. Louisville. I knew I was going to do that. Yeah. UK versus University of Louisville in 2014, I believe. Yeah, 2014. That yes. was also a, a tournament it was a game. Reg- was it Final Four? It was a regional semifinal. I'm so proud of them for making it to regionals. Let, let's let's talk about the the Kentucky LSU game first, just mm-hmm. because the '94 game, the Mardi Gras miracle, the Mardi Gras miracle, yeah. Because um, I think we picked that one because I was looking for something that you know might kind of suck you into the drama uh, and you know kind of understand how it can be so very exciting and how, you know, the fortunes that seem so obvious can, can switch. How the emotions can the go emotions from very low to very high. From, well, they, they do that in, in <laughs> the others too, but the extent that, that it does in this game was just, you know, beyond, you know, kind of beyond belief. It, it is the most conventionally... Uh, dramatically satisfying of the three games <laughs> that I was given because at, what is it at a certain point LSU was ahead of UK by 31 points 31 points in the second half in the second half in the is, second half and is, it was it's a road game too it was in Baton Rouge it was not in Lexington and and full disclosure I was watching from my bedroom and it's it was one of those late games on ESPN started at nine o'clock so this is 10, 15, 10, 30. They're behind by 31 points. I'm Should like, <laughs> I'm turning this off. <laughs> or, I, or actually, I went to sleep but didn't turn the TV off. And lucky for me, I woke up with just like a few minutes oh. left. With about five minutes left, I woke up. And Were you and Dad still married then? Yeah. Yeah, we were. Um, because I don't know where he was. Oh, he was watching it in the other room. Yeah. And he, he was like, oh, my God, you won't believe what's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it was uh, 
Kentucky, I don't know how many three-point shots they hit, but, the, you know, it, it, they got it down like under 20, and then, you know, it got under 15. And, and when it got under 10, you started thinking, well, you know, this is not going to look nearly as bad in the paper <laughs> tomorrow as as it was going to. You know, I maybe I'll pay a little more attention. And I, it, it went to overtime, didn't it? If I remember I correctly, I don't know that it did. I think the only overtime game was the the Duke game. Oh, I, I, well, it was. I know that it was very. You know, it was really close, and there was a shot like. There was another three pointer like in the the last minute that I think put us ahead finally, uh, and we ended up winning what by four. But it was just uh, it was mind boggling, you know. But to me, it said so much about how um, I get that emotion and you know the the power of the team and how that group think can say, you know what, we can win this game. And when the shots started dropping, they you could see them all start, you know, they were kind of like this. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're, I think we're going to win this game. I you think know? Um, Jason was texting me while he was watching this game. And he had watched the the Duke game before it. And he was like, oh, these boys putting up some buckets. And then he started this one. It's like, these boys are not putting up any buckets. They, they didn't, put and up, <laughs> didn't put up no buckets in the first half for a lot of the and second And he was like, half. oh, and shit, then, never mind. <laughs> and then, then they, they decide to start putting up buckets, which is a great the buku which is a great way to win a basketball game, is to get the most buckets. Get the most buckets. Yeah. You know the the, <laughs> the favorite comment. You know if you if you watch enough sports, the standard question for the sideline person to the coach for the game says, "What's the key to winning this game?" You know, the answer is always, well, we got to score more points. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody ever says that. And I can't figure out why. It's like, yeah, I want somebody just to say that. When they ask you that, say, well, we got to score more points than they do. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, so I think the Mardi Gras Miracle is a good game. Just because it, it's so exciting and you just don't, Especially you don't think if it's you possible. Don't, if you don't know what happened i'm sure you were like in the first half like why did they ask me to watch this <laughs> but then by the end it is very compelling yes it's a it's, it is I, I sort of developed this habit of every time uh lsu missed the shot which didn't happen so much in the first half it happened quite a few times in the, mm-hmm. in the last half going under my breath you suck LSU. <laughs> well they yeah you suck that's sort of, sort of my general yeah reaction. it was like you know Poor old Dale Brown, who was a coach at the time. I mean, Kentucky just had his number. I mean, even when he had Shaquille O'Neal, we beat them. Oof. I mean, which was, you know, shouldn't have happened, but it did. And it's always, to me, it's always satisfying to see a ball go into a hoop, honestly. I mean, that's dead by design, and it works for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing them, seeing a team come back from defeat is the jaws of defeat i guess yes mm-hmm. is very they satisfying. were deep in the jaws sarah, <laughs> the, sarah stomach of defeat. the stomach of the, defeat the, the bowels of defeat yeah. sarah has seen this play out many a times usually with um live games obviously uh and or, typically with games that have a very high stakes but i sort of am you know not really paying attention but then as the game goes on and the drama increases mm-hmm. there's apparently sort of a almost mournful sigh that i do as i put away my laptop or my phone and, and focus my attention on the game when I see that I'm invested. Damn, I'm engaged. I know. Usually usually it's it's um reluctantly, but this I was I was very happy to be so engaged. Good. 
And good. it's a very, like I said, it's very satisfying dramatically. Yes. The good, the good guys win. The, in the good end. guys win. Uh, yeah. Not so much with the first game, the UK versus Duke game. Which is no, um, but a, I think it's a very entertaining game. It's, it's very close for a long time, right up until. It, but there was a lot, you know. There was there was so much that happened. I mean, there was all, you know, the there was number one the drama of you know Kentucky even being there because they really weren't expected to to be in that position that season. This was like I think their first season off probation um or maybe or their second i think it was their first really um and they had you know kind of overachieved all all year and you know duke was was coming off a national championship in 91 or at least the the final game they may may have lost to unlv that in 91 but they were the favorite. They were favored to win, so Kentucky was not expected to even be in the game. And I, I honestly, I didn't expect them to be in it either. I'm like, oh, you know, God, we got to lose to Duke again, uh, you know. But uh, in the first half, you know, we already were really feeling like the underdog, and you know, and then Christian Leitner, who is so easy to hate, you know. And he he doesn't do anything to try to you know make and that Duke always has lesson. that player. Duke but, always has that player that's so easy to hate. Right. <laughs> so in the first half, one of our you know substitutes, Aminu Timberlake, had had gone up for a rebound. He was down on the ground. Leitner walks by and takes his big old number thirteen foot and stomps on his chest. The stomp. The stomp, mm. which does not get punished at all. I mean, he really should have been out of the game at that point, or at least had a flagrant technical foul. And, and I think it. in these days, they probably would have done that just because mm -hmm. there's so much replay and they could have gone back. They weren't using replay then, so you know they can say, oh, we didn't see it, whatever. You when, know? when you compare the replay, um, the non-existent replay from, say, the Duke game mm -hmm. to the replay in the 2014 game we watched... <laughs> It is, oh boy, there's one point where they're contesting a call in the 2014 game and they replay uh, the moment. Uh, a ball goes out of bounds. And they replay it like from three different angles mm -hmm. about 20 times and they eventually start zooming in on one particular <laughs> angle mm -hmm. and rewinding it and playing it again and back and forth. And it's just the most like CSI enhanced computer <laughs> thing. Right. And then you compare it like, I guess, yeah, in this, back in 92, 92. 92. Which, like, you, if you watch the game, you, he starts You can see it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, see they, it. they replayed it on the broadcast, you know, a I mean, number of times, and we're like, oh, well, It wasn't, yeah, like, with an was... intention to hurt him. Like, I think it was just, like, a... I don't... It was not inadvertent. It was not inadvertent. It no, was but not I, inadvertent but it was, But it was, like, all. more psychological than physical. He meant to do it. Yeah, he definitely yeah. meant to do it. But it was just, like, you know, just giving him, like, oh. Well, it's oh. like, you know, to me, it was that whole elite, like, oh, you're nothing. I'm gonna just stomp on you and watch. Nothing will happen. Yeah, he doesn't. I've, I've I watched it a couple of times. It doesn't look like There's he's no trying remorse. to. There's no remorse. He's not trying to break his hand or anything. Yeah. But he's not. It's not a good gesture. No. It's a, it's a, it's, no. A, it's a bad thing to do. So you know, then Kentucky fans are all pissed off and they're really mad. You know, like oh my gosh, you know what? Look what he did. Look what he did. Um, and I guess we were behind most of the games. It wasn't. Like we we get we we get you know yeah. closer and but they they kind of had the upper hand for most of the game and then you know you go to the end and you think 
with that crazy shot Sean Woods makes, you think, oh my God, we've got it. We've got it and we're gonna beat them. This is crazy. And I think Richie Farmer, who was one of the guards on the team, who is from Eastern Kentucky and has a very you know pronounced Eastern Kentucky twang, um, they had interviewed him about it for a, one of those sports center specials a number of years later. He said, you went from the highest high to the lowest low in a matter of seconds. And it's kind of way the kind of the way it was. Yeah, of course, the dramatically satisfying thing would be for later to, um, at least if not get punished, to miss the shot, not not make a dramatically not to make a dramatically shot. you know like half court shot. It's a, well, it's no, a, it's a it's not it's only about a twelve foot shot. It's from the free throw. Someone line. passes to him across. Okay. Most it, of the, the pass of the court. Okay. is front is is three quarters of the court. Okay. And, you know, the, the discussion, you know, in breaking it down for Kentucky fans is why didn't Patino put somebody on the ball, on the, on the throw in? You know, he just let him stand back there and aim and throw it. And he had two players on Leitner who, had, who did not miss a shot the whole game. He was 10 for 10 from the field and 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, he had, a, he had a crazy <laughs> – wild game but you know he just got to stand back there and fire the two players on him you could tell they were just like trying not to foul him oh like we'll let him catch it but he he won't miss it he won't make that shot he's only got like two seconds but caught it had time to like fake turn around shoot go in and then you know like your heart is cut out i mean even if you didn't expect to win you would you'd kind of started believing that you were going to, you know, it was just, um, yeah, it was just agony and ecstasy. I mean, right there together. I think that the hatred of, of Duke is solidified in that game. And the hatred of Leitner, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately. He's, he's a human. I don't want to, like, you know, but he's very, his whole persona at Duke was very hateable. Yeah, and, well, and it wasn't just Kentucky. Nobody liked him. No. I mean, he he, he was by all reports a, yeah. a jerk and an asshole. They, 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 they hate him because of the stomping and not so much because of the shot. Because, like, we, it's well, our they fault hate him, they hate him the in shot. general. Yeah. I mean, you know, that just kind of cemented things. Yeah. But I have to tell you, there is finally a Duke graduate that I can hate more than Christian Leitner. Who? Stephen Miller. Oh, yeah. Is Stephen Miller of old Stonewall Jackson? The um, Stephen Munster, the bald guy? Yes. Yeah. That guy's from Duke? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe I get it. Oh, yeah. Maybe I do Duke get it. Duke graduate. There you go. Uh, yeah, gotta say, as far as Leitner goes, it's a pretty good shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had an incredible game. Incredible. Too bad it couldn't have happened to a worse guy. It couldn't have. <laughs> it couldn't have. But it did. So, But it's it's interesting. You will still see people wearing T-shirts that say, I still hate Leitner. <laughs> I mean, I saw somebody wearing one not like six months ago. That's. They made a whole uh, ESPN. I don't have one. No, I mean. I, I don't have one, that, okay? That's as much as conflicting as my feelings are about people's feelings towards Duke. That's fantastic. <laughs> There's a, um, that's wonderful. They made a whole ESPN documentary uh, called... I well, still hate... I, I think it's called I Hate Christian Leitner. Yeah. And it's a whole like breakdown of his time at, at Duke. And, and, and like he, he's, 
interviewed for it. To be fair, the guy has a, a, a fairly good attitude about the whole thing, but... I mean, imagine um, you have to have a good attitude if someone approaches you saying, hey, we're making a whole documentary about how people hate you. It's called <laughs> I Hate You, Buddy. You want to sit down with us for a little bit? Anyway. Uh, the final game I looked at mm-hmm. uh, was the much more recent, 2014, mm-hmm. UK versus University of Louisville. Mm-hmm. A, a good game. Not quite as... Not not so much the agony and the ecstasy of the previous no, two games. No, you know, and and I, that I think this one was more one Kelsey wanted uh, you to to see, and it was also one that I think we were not supposed we weren't supposed to win, to win. Um, um, and was kind of dramatic and it was kind of an in between year for us. Yeah, and yeah. Louisville was. Coming off the national championship. Right. We won in 2012. Louisville won in 2013. Right. Yeah, I, I imagine it was very jarring for you to turn to start the, that game. Because I see, yeah. I see, I see Patino. I go, oh, Patino's still around. Good, <laughs> good for him. And then I slowly <laughs> or immediately realize what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Cal, I like how Cal, whenever he expresses emotion, you can't. He always looks angry. Uh huh. <laughs> no whether he's joyous or furious, he looks. He, he looks the same. He expresses it in basically yeah. the same manner. He looks the same. Oh. And it's really interesting. His dynamic with the players is very different than Patino's was. I mean, Patino was kind of the authoritarian type and told them this, you know, when they – but with Cal, you can see it. They banner with him. They'll say, he'll say something, and they'll say, but no, with it, you know, and, and, they, and they say, said, you know, as long as you have a – point to argue with him he will listen to you said now you know if he thinks you're wrong he's just going to tell you to be quiet and sit down <laughs> he said but you know he he encourages you to to speak up and 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 say things so we've um, we've sat like right behind the bench a couple of times at not games as exciting as this usually games yeah. where they're playing like some second tier team that we're definitely going to beat <laughs> um, but it's very fun to like actually hear what he's saying <laughs> It's fun to watch. He'll he'll yell something out, and then he'll turn around and say something to the assistant coaches, like, "What the hell did they do? It? <laughs> they never listened to me, or something like that." But yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, this this particular game, we weren't. Um, I was going to give you the 2012 game to watch because that was it was a Final Four game, and it was like the the highest, like the farthest either team had played each other in the tournament. So um, and you know. Louisville itself was like on edge because <laughs> yes. the team that won got to go to the final. Um, but I wa- I rewatched that game and it's not actually that exciting of a game because no. we're winning the whole time, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> I mean, not by a lot. There's all, like I was probably very exciting when I watched it because we were never winning by more like more than right. like five or ten. But right. um, it but wasn't it, wasn't a blowout. Um, but the 2014 game was we were trailing or it was tied a lot, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was a better game. And I yeah. think it's kind of I just kind of wanted you to see where we are now because it's a pretty good indication of where we are now. It's a it's a it's good to see the you know the the team the cats come back from you know trailing the whole game and win. They don't play very well for the first. They don't. Thirty no. minutes or so. No. And that's a lot of watching the UK play. They get dunked especially, on quite a few times. Especially now because our team tends to be very young, and mm. they take they t- 
usually sometimes by the end of the season it's better but i feel like at the beginning of the season especially even sometimes still at the end of the season it takes them a while to like find their game groove yeah <laughs> it definitely does um but yeah i just kind of wanted you to see like sort of like where we're at which is why i picked that one cool what did you think do you feel invested do you feel do you understand us better <laughs> i definitely do uh, i feel now i can say uh Go go big blue. There you go. Did I, did I get it right? See, it's it, it we've had an right. on air breakthrough. It feels right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's this is the most basketball I've watched. Maybe in since, your life. Uh, in such a short amount of time, yes, <laughs> with okay. no question. And I do. It is different watching an older game because even mm-hmm. if I didn't know how these games turned out, which I didn't really, uh, you you lose some of the immediacy. And that's basically like when I, you know, happen to accidentally stumble into getting invested in, in the game. Uh, what I'm responding to, I think, is the immediacy of it. Mm-hmm. So I think now that I don't know exactly how it happened, but I think in actually like sitting down and watching games that weren't just sort of happening by chance in front of me, I was able to reaccess the things about basketball that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it um. It makes me want to watch more basketball. My problem is I do not have the legacy of college basketball history to draw upon. So I'm sort of, at this moment, like sort of rudderless. I have this desire to attach myself to a team. But I don't know that your wife would agree with that. I'm not going to root for UNC. Uh-oh. Sorry. Uh-oh. I feel like I can see Sarah <laughs> lurking in the shadows. <laughs> Well, Duke is not a possibility either. No, that, that's out. That's out too. Because I, yeah. I enjoy being married. Yes. <laughs> I like yes. to keep doing it for a little while. You enjoy being least. friends with me too, I assume. Uh, really? Really? You didn't even go to UNC. I don't understand if Sarah wanted to disown me, but you have... We broke down all of my yeah. strong feelings about Have you not here. been listening? Why we, why we hate Duke? <laughs> well, okay, that leaves me with two, the two major North Carolina teams. And uh, uh, you know, App State's basketball program is not an, even a, a factor. I mean, do you have to choose a North Carolina team? You could choose Wake Forest or, or NC State. Now, I mean, Wake Forest makes the most sense. I can't choose NC State. Well, then that's not gonna, that's not going to be a, a marriage gender, but it's not going to be a then Wake good Forest because they're inoffensive. They don't, you know. Uh, okay. Go Demon Deacons. Go, go, we, we, we both go beat them, you know, so <laughs> we don't care if you cheer for them. Hmm. Maybe this can be our first podcast contest. <laughs> what? What? Send basketball Jason team should Jason cheer for? Team. <laughs> the, the team, uh, whoever wins, will get. I don't know. Please defend your answer. Please defend your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need. I need. I need reasoning. I think you should be for Grinnell College in Iowa because they have pretty. I think they've led the nation in scoring for any number of years, and all they do is like. Go down the floor and shoot three pointers. Shoot three pointers. Shoot three pointers. Shoot. They, they're that's their offense, and they don't play any defense really. They, they just all score them buckets. They just want to oh, score love, them buckets. I love buckets. <laughs> so I you should you should look into Grinnell. I'll, I'll give Grinnell a look. Yeah, I'll always be a fan based on their 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 bucketing skills. Exactly, because they do have bucketing skills. Mm, that's good. Okay, well, that'd be a really outside pick too. <laughs> <laughs> no one would expect it. That that'd be why it's so unique. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you start your legacy. There. I, I guess, <laughs> it's gonna be a short legacy. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, I guess that's. Do you have any other questions for uh, your your mother about basketball? No, I think I'm good. Any, anything you want to say, Mom? Yeah. Nope. 
Were I'm you? Good. I actually wanted to ask. You said that they won once. Were you at the game that the, the when they won in, when you were in college? It was what 1978. 78. No, uh, because where was that? It was in St. Louis, but we went out to the airport and met the bus when they came back in the middle of the night. It was awesome. Big trophy. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They have the big trophy out. Yeah, they had it with them. Did you Did you touch it? No, but there was a fence. Oh, did you see? Were they touching it? They were carrying. <laughs> did any of them Did any of them kiss the trophy? Not at that point in time. I think it was like three in the morning. So they probably already had some time alone. They'd with had the some time alone with the trophy already. Yes. <laughs> I think that's one of that's one uh, of my. Uh, no further questions. That's <laughs> one of my bucket list things. I want to go to a championship game. You, Kentucky is playing it. You want to kiss the trophy? No, I just want to be at the game. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But if you had the chance. Yeah, I, would, I mean, if I had the chance, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, thank Julie, you, Mom. Thank you so much for You're coming so on the welcome. Podcast. Thank you for having me on. I feel like I've really learned. Again, that's two episodes in a row where I've learned and grown as a person. You are way past due for some personal growth in this podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm doing all the emotional labor over here. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll take this discussion off air. Special thanks to Dania Bound of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, as our theme song. And special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. If you care to <laughs> rate and review our podcast, why not do it? Today's the day. Take a risk. I guess that about uh, sums it up. Mm-hmm. And now we end with our uh, usual sign-off. You're going to change it on me, me this time? Uh, no, I'm going to do the same thing we always do, which is why I'm setting it up so dramatically. <laughs> I've been uh, Jason Edwards. I've been Kelsey Goldman. Happy Go Blue holidays. Nation. Oh, oh, I hate you. <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me you found those names yet? Yeah, what are you so doing trying, over there? I'm sorry, it took me to like just NCAA basketball instead of UK basketball. Anyway. I'm not even sure what you're looking for at this point. Just that people had, that there were names for different teams. We ran yeah. through like a bunch of them. I know. They were all pretty great. They're all pretty great. The, the beardless wonders. <laughs> there was the season without celebration. Well, that's yes. not a very good name. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Right. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs>